Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant, from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow the existing client relationships so their agency business can thrive. On today's episode, I'm talking to Nadine Schofield. Nadine is the founder of a company called Project Management On Demand, and she's going to share with us all of the offerings and services she has for agencies, for creative agencies. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the skills you need to be a great project manager, where agencies go wrong with the project management role. We're going to talk about the similarities and differences between the account management function and the project management function. We're also going to talk about different ways of working in an agency, agile versus waterfall versus wagile. And also Nadine's going to share some examples of different systems that you can use in your agency. So I think this episode is going to be interesting for you if you are either carrying out the project management role yourself in an agency or maybe you're aspiring to be a project manager in an agency, or you're an agency owner who's looking to make the project management function a lot more efficient. So I hope you come away with some value today. Enjoy. So Nadine, welcome to the show. Would you mind spending a few minutes just talking about you, what you do, how you help companies? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Project Management On Demand is a project management consultancy We work in the digital space um, and we work on all sorts of different projects within agencies, ad agencies, but also client side. The type of projects can vary from content management systems to e-learning to augmented reality to apps. So anything online, uh, digital displays, also some above the line work as well. The four core areas of project management on demand are on-demand project management help. So somebody may say, we have a project and we've got three days a week in the budget to service that project. And then we service it Monday to Friday, nine to five, but within that budget. And then if we don't use the time, we don't bill it. Full-time project management, obviously. We also coach and mentor project managers or groups around project managers. So as I said to you previously, sometimes account managers who maybe run smaller projects but need to understand some of those fundamentals around running a project successfully. And we also do process consultancy where we come into businesses and we look at how they currently run and manage their projects with regards to systems, the team, the team structure, processes, type of project, type of clients. And then we can help work with those businesses to create a roadmap to then go in and then help them over time better run and manage projects. And for me, the cool thing about that is a happier team, but also better, bigger margins within the agency. I think it's fantastic and such a comprehensive range of services that you offer. And I'm so glad that we found each other. And I'm very grateful to Lucy Snell for introducing us because people do come to me and say, do you do project management training? And or do you know any project managers? So I always kind of send them your way. What would you say is the biggest problem that companies come to you to fix? It's not always a fix. I mean, sometimes we do get flown into crisis projects, so where we just have to dive straight in and rescue, which is always fun. But it's different things. It may be that it's a smaller agency and they don't actually have any project managers. So they might kind of go, we've got a big project that's come in. You've got somebody that can help and just come in and sort of start helping us. 
And then obviously the other thing is about process. And I think we talk about that a bit later. What with everything that's happened recently in the last year, people are having to work a bit smarter in different ways because you're not in the office kind of going, right, I'll finish that in a minute. I'll hand it over. So everybody has to be a bit smarter on the systems and processes. So a lot more of that work is coming in these days. I can imagine. I know how busy you are. Tell me, because I know your background is in project management. Obviously, that's why you're so skilled and proficient in what you do now. But tell me what you think are the core skills of a really great project manager. Well, obviously, to be organised is a is a fantastic thing. To be a really good communicator, that obviously really helps. And that's with your internal team and with all levels within that team. And then obviously client side with stakeholders and senior management people. But also that level of just actually liking people and getting on with people. And Because if you're not that sort of people person, then you're not going to be able to get the best out of your team when running a project. Good under pressure is obviously, you know, a key as well. Negotiation skills that obviously come with, you know, the more years under your belt that you have and and financial acumen as well. It's a big ask actually for this role, isn't it? Because they really are the linchpins of the agency. They're kind of the engine room, aren't they? They're making sure that everything happens. Where do you think, I mean, you have agencies approaching you all the time and companies approaching you all the time. Where do you think companies get it wrong with project management well from from bad scoping I mean bad scoping is an absolute typical one I think um, it it all then circles back around to what is your process what's your process so if you have a requirement in and they say we need this you probably should do a discovery phase to understand exactly what this is before you then go into your full scoping because there's always going to be things coming up your understanding the client's understanding might be different there could be out of the blue oh well we thought you were doing the copywriting and you know you think we're doing the copywriting so scoping's fundamental not being firm with your clients can also cause you a bit of a cropper of course you have to be fair and build that relationship and that's where when we'll talk about later about how the project manager and the account manager can work nicely together and change control management so having the experience to understand where your team is, where the project is, going back to your statement of work, which says this is what we're doing, to then say to the client, this is out of scope now. We can do it for you, but we need to make an addendum to that document and then we need to charge you more money. So that's really key. I think a lot of the time that's about confidence as well because the client might say we've got a fixed budget. It's okay, so we've costed it to this, say. We might have some contingency in it. But to manage the change control and to have the confidence to be able to do that. So I think it's really key to, I mean, obviously you have to have the experience to do that and you have to have the confidence to do that. But it, that's one of the really key things that, that needs to be kept on top of us as a project manager. But you would and you should work very closely with your account manager on that. You said one of the key things is process. And I'm sure, like myself, you work with all different types of agencies, for example, from small just starting up to big established and everything in between I think process like you say is really key isn't it what do you advise smaller agencies that are perhaps you know two three four five six people that are just on that growth trajectory and they are looking to establish process like how important is it and maybe I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here but if they're looking for recommendations for a good project management system, do you have like go-to systems that you say, this one? 
So a couple of questions there. So with regards to process, every agency has a process, no matter how small or how large you are. It's just at the beginning stages when you're five, six, seven, you might not physically written it down, but you're such a tight team that you all know what's going on and who's doing what when, even whether you may not have a project plan or, you know, but you all, you all know how you work. Key thing about process and implementing it is, is when that team's going to grow larger. Also, because there's too many people to just kind of say, right, I've finished that, I'm going to send it over, I'll be ready for the next bit. But the other thing is, is that also as you grow larger, you'll be taking people in who have been in other work um, environments and agencies and they'll have their way of doing it. So they'll kind of think that their way is the right way or the, the way that it should be done. So that can then cause problems. So if you can then have, you know, your playbook as such for when people join the agency to say, this is how we work, this is what we do, this is our culture, this is our process, these are the systems, then you're on the way to being able to manage projects in a more successful way without things falling down somewhat. The thing is, there's so many, so many systems out there. I got asked by... Um, a client, I think she emailed, she always emails me at the weekends, lover. And she says, you know, we're thinking about monday.com, what do you think? And so we've had conflicting uh, comments about monday.com. Some say it's brilliant, some say it's not so brilliant. And the same with all of the other programs and systems that are out there. I advised her to take three projects, try all that system for a month, have one key um, person who's going to you know, look after that and lead it to actually upload the information that you need, start pulling the reports, and then to manage the team around that. And then after a month, you know, sit down, what's good, what's not good, what worked, what didn't work, and then move on to the next one to see. Because different people in different agencies want different types of reports and they want different things. They want to forecast differently. They want to project differently. They want different project information out of those systems. So, I mean, we do go into businesses and work with them on the how are you working, what's good, what's bad, what do you need, and then we can like help identify a system that would work. And of course, then a lot of people go off and try and create their own systems sometimes because then they can tailor it exactly to what they want. I can imagine that it's sort of, you know, it's dependent on the agency itself and how they want to work exactly. You know, for a smaller agency, if just six, an Excel spreadsheet is going to be fine for you, you know. But then if you want to scale and then there's 50 of you, there's no way that's going to work. So it's mm. it's all the different variables. Well, that's interesting that you can offer advice in that area. I mean, you mentioned Monday.com. I've heard Monday.com sort of banded around a lot. What are the other kind of top three systems that you hear a lot that agencies tend to use, particularly ones that are thinking about scaling fast and they want to set themselves up from the beginning for success? Like I say, there's so many I wouldn't want to just stay. I mean, a lot of my clients, they use Jira, um, Workflow Mats, Asana. Obviously, those are people who work in a bit more of an agile fashion are using Trello. There's just so many out there that it's just – it's. I, I wouldn't recommend one over the other because they they fit differently to each business. You're right, actually. I mean, even as a consultant myself, I started off using Asana and couldn't quite really get the hang of it. But we've moved over to Trello and I'm running it really easy. So I suppose it's down to the individual as well. You mentioned before about the difference between the AM and the PM role. I'd love to kind of dive in to this with you because it's something that I've been reflecting on a lot recently because I have a lot of account managers coming through my training programs most of whom actually work in that hybrid role they're trying to manage projects and grow accounts as the traditional account management role 
And I think there's upsides and downsides for both. So I'd love to kind of get your perspective on maybe differences, similarities, what's the overlap, how do they work together? You know, what's your experience, Nadine? I mean, I think over working in, you know, ad agencies over the years and, and, and digital agencies, I think there's always a big trend of let's get rid of all the project managers. We just have account managers now. And then, and then it's let's get rid of all the account managers. Let's just have project managers now. Oh, let's try the two together. So, and it's a, it's a trend over the years that you tend to see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I feel that an account manager and a project manager should really work together and they should have a really good partnership together because, the account manager doesn't want to be getting involved in all the nitty-gritty of the project, but at the same time, they're there to, you know, stroke the client, be, you know, upsell with the client. And so they do need to have that project understanding. But I've seen it before. It doesn't work. And I think a client knows as well if an account manager and a project manager don't get on. And they fundamentally should be partnering up on working on an account. And likewise, as I said earlier, you know, a good project manager should be able to, with their team, be able to look at a project. Maybe a developer will go, crumbs, we could do that. That'd be amazing. The project manager, if you've got a good relationship with the client, could go back and go, we've thought of this. You know, what do you think? Or, depending on how it's structured, go back to the account manager with a bit, with a bit of brief and kind of go, look, we've thought of this. You know, can you take it to the client? So, all round, it's about giving a really good client service but it's definitely, definitely for me about working hand in hand together. And from what you've said, like the skill set, you're kind of assuming that those roles are different, you know, the project manager role and the account manager role, which I agree is the ideal scenario. It's just that still I find agencies have this account manager that's expected to do both. And I don't know about you, but I found that you either have a leaning towards one skill set or another. Yes. But I haven't fully formed my views on this, but I'm starting to feel quite strongly about it. And it's difficult when I'm training account managers that also have to do the day-to-day delivery and all of that that entails. I'm teaching them a skill to, you know, ways to understand the client's business more, to see where the opportunities is to add more value. But that feels like an extra thing for them to do because quite frankly they're just in the fire in the weeds of projects yeah it's not always the case but it can be that kind of fight depends on the agency doesn't it and it depends on the size and also it depends all of a sudden if a project comes in and the project manager hasn't got capacity somebody's got to run it so maybe if it's a small one then the account manager can run it but sometimes where that then becomes a problem is where the account manager's looking after that relationship and the project manager's looking after that project. If a problem happens within the project and the account manager's managing it and got to sort of flag that and then trying to, you know, keep that relationship brilliant, it, the two can butt slightly. So it's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. I mean, we do work with some agencies where we work with account managers to just give them a bit of sort of project management background and sort of training and mentoring just to so they can fit in with the agency and, and do what they need to do properly but they are two different skill sets and I and they, they are two different hats and so I don't think all account managers even want to be project managers. Have you seen any trends like when you said earlier I was laughing to myself because you're right like there are these different trends. I was approached by an agency in the last kind of few months saying that they didn't agree with account managers and they used to have these brilliant accounts but they kind of over time lost them. And the two things 
And so they were looking at reinstating account management again as a function. So I just do think that there are trends and ebbs and flows. And do we really need these people and what's the value that they're bringing? So, I mean, I know that's a big topic in itself, but it's really interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Just another question, because a lot of the account managers are starting to separate the roles. So what advice would you give to an account manager that might feel a little bit threatened by the fact that, well, I've always owned the client relationship and now I've got a project manager that's come on the scene because we're splitting the roles. Yay for me, but actually I feel a bit threatened by the fact that are we both going to contact the client? How does that kind of work? Uh, No, and again, that needs to be defined and there should be good job descriptions and all of that kind of thing. But I think an account manager needs to understand that Number one, a project manager will be moved from account to account to account to account, probably, on and working on all sorts of different projects with different clients. Unless you're in a massive ad agency and, you know, you're assigned to that account and that's who you work with. But the roles and responsibilities are, are very different. You know, the project manager is managing a, the risk log, managing a schedule, managing resourcing, doing progress reports, you know, creating a statement of work. And all of those things an account manager wouldn't want to do and has no interest in doing a project manager doesn't take client out for lunch the account manager does <laughs> <laughs> we get to do the great stuff uh, I think it's a really big topic and I'm going to be speaking to a few people on the podcast about this and it is a great topic for me just through observing you yeah. know the struggles the fours the against of this hybrid versus separation and I don't know whether the separation it was more traditional in digital agencies anyway but the more traditional sort of offline agencies that are now fully digital, they're making that transition. And that's why they're suddenly separating the two. A panel, a panel would be good. You could do a panel yes. with account managers and, and see that and get the opinions from both sides and, and sort of have a bit of a debate about it. That's a really good idea. Thank you. I'd like to talk to you about the way agencies work. So I know Agile, Waterfall... There's a lot of debate about which one's better. And then Wagile, which is something that I didn't sort of, I didn't even know that was a term, but I go, you know, I can see what that means. But can you talk me through maybe the fors and against for each of those kinds of ways of working? So Agile, you know, software development, iterative solutions evolve as you go on. It's really good. I mean, it works really well on product-based projects. Very much the ideal is that you have a pot of money and you're working towards products. You have a core team and you just you just keep iterating, iterating to make this thing better. And then you can release and then come back, release and come back. Waterfall is a bit more, I suppose, old-fashioned, whereas you, you have to do each stage at a time and you can't start one stage until you finish the next stage i'm a bit old-fashioned but you know all the the more younger trendier people in my team way over in the agile sort of camp agile is where you do some of the uh, stages of the project in a step order safest website might do discovery phase first where you do your initial wireframes and then your design and then a tech spec and then a functional spec. And then once all of those you've got, the client can sign all of those off and say, yes, that is what I want. You can then move into an agile fashion for your your development and your testing, you know, pushing design in there, doing two weeks sprints or whatever it may be. I think a lot of agencies have taken elements of it. So they'll do day stand-ups, they'll have their... Um, boards where they move things along they'll do it in two week sprints so I think 
a lot of agencies have taken elements that suit them and suit their projects, which I think is, is the right way to go. The one thing sometimes is that clients don't understand how to work in an agile fashion. So it may be that you work in an agile fashion internally, but not outwardly to the clients. And also, a lot of the time, a client has got a fixed budget, a fixed deadline, and a fixed idea of what it is that they want. So you can work development and testing within your agile phase, and that really suits teams. And, you know, I think it's great. But at the end of the day, you've got that fixed thing that needs to be delivered. So... Thank you for explaining it. You've explained it so, so well. I was just thinking about like costing and you're right. Uh, that Just as you were talking, I was thinking the client usually wants to know, right, I've got this in my budget that I've got approved from my C-suite and that's what I've got. And I was just wondering, how do you even cost Agile? Or, you know, how do you cost it up? And in your experience, have you found that one is kind of easier to kind of predict what the profitability is going to be on a certain project have you got any kind of view on that if you do a discovery phase beforehand and you get off all of those deliverables so when it goes from sales into production and you know you wireframe say if we just take a website for um, the ease of it wireframes your initial sort of design you might do three designs cut it down to one to two routes then into one then do your tech spec and funk spec you know from the end of that you should have full idea of exactly what it is you're going to deliver and then the basis of that when you then move into production you do another statement of work and then you can cost out we know based on this design on these amount of pages and on building those we know development wise we're going to need this amount of time and then then there's a there's a ratio that you then say the amount of development days we've got here we we can do a percentage on testing and then we can put this percentage in project management so it should be a bit clearer I spoke to a new client the other day I think he's probably about my age as well so we were having exactly this conversation and he said I, I keep keep going around and thinking is it because I'm old-fashioned it's just and I said well I just don't think that works for your agency for the projects you're running so again and that's where we go into places and look at and do the process consultancy because it's it's not one fits all it is based on who the people are within the agency and if you've got a very development-led agency they'll definitely want to work in a different way to a very design-led agency so it really can change and no ways no and I, I just as you're talking there I'm thinking that's a really good investment of time isn't it mm-hmm. to get someone like yourselves that can see the bigger picture that's experienced enough to see how it's worked in different agencies because as you say every agency has a different nature of the types of projects they're running different preferences different sort of traditions in how they've run so that sounds like a no-brainer to me that's a really uh, good use of time I would have thought you touched on this earlier Nadine about remote working and funny enough that I was going to tell you I've got a very good friend that is a project manager freelance project manager and I remember like we were quite close we talked quite a lot and she often said to me because I'd say, oh, someone wants some work doing, are you free? And inevitably she wasn't because she's so popular. But the distance from her was like, she's in North London and it was in South London. And the agency said, no, she's too far away. And this was only like, I don't know, obviously before last year. But now things have so changed because everyone's doing work remotely. So what have you seen in the world of project management in terms of everyone working remotely what have been some of the advantages and challenges well, I know everybody's happy to not be spending the money on the train fare so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm getting home at eight o'clock at night because obviously we live in Brighton. But I think, I mean, a lot of agencies are actually, you know, they were there anyway. So they have that hybrid of not everybody having to be in the office every day. So I think it was coming anyway. It was coming. But what it did was it just it slammed everybody into it, didn't it? Been on another panel and talked about this. It's so difficult. Some people me included I'm really sociable I love to be in an office I love to be with people I love to go to the pub on a Friday afternoon you know all of that social interactions really you know I love and yet I've spoken to a lot of other people say I just love it I don't want to go anywhere you know I'm really happy with this so I think there's going to be a hybrid of, of a bit both and I think that's great I think what's really come out of this and we've got busy thankfully because of it is because it's been realised that you really need to be solid on your communications within your team. You really need to have your systems and processes really set up and everybody needs to understand them because you're not together. So people just could be doing randomly different things without even knowing that the other person doesn't know that or should be doing that. So I think that's what's really come out of it is the need for really solid communication and a relook in some agencies things to look at the processes and systems that they have and what they did have does that now work because it's not in all cases now it's just no. have you found that some agencies were relying too heavily on having people in the same room talking to each other and realize suddenly gosh you know the, the communication isn't as fluid and therefore oops the system's falling down in some way massively yes I mean I, I listened to a, a talk yesterday and it was exactly about this there was a, a creative guy on there and he said, we just miss going into that room with all those post-it notes and sticking things up and bouncing ideas off each other. And he said, they have found that difficult. So they will go back in to do those things. But I think also a lot of people have downsized on their office because they realise they just don't need that space now. So it's a great big topic of conversation. I find it really interesting how everything's gone at the moment. But definitely, there's a definite need to be really solid on how projects run from a project management perspective. Because if you're on your own and you're not communicating properly, things can quickly whiz out of control. It has that kind of knock-on effect about, you know, availability as well, doesn't it? You know, at the beginning... I think some cultures, some agency cultures where there wasn't a high level of trust, maybe, or maybe the senior managers had never worked with people working from home all the time. And it was so strange. It's like, well, how am I going to know they're working or, you know, and how am I going to know that you're available? And all of that has had to be established, hasn't it? And I think there's been a bit of a mindset change from a senior leadership point of view. That's what I've seen is that, my gosh, you know, we've actually made this work. And it's absolutely fine. I remember reading a book called Drive by Dan Pink years ago. And at the time of reading, it, it was all about this new way of working where you give the person the task and say, look, I don't care where you work from or how you get it done. It's just got to be done by this time. And someone just does it in their own time. And I remember thinking at the time, that's so future thinking. But actually, it's yeah. becoming more of a reality, I think. Mm. And talking about kind of the future of where it's going, what do you see changing or changes coming up for the world of project management? I see I see us continuing on, to be honest with you. I mean, we've been going for 12 years now. The reason we're called Project Management On Demand is because initially it was just me. I think from a traditional standpoint, everybody used to think you need a project manager, you need one full time. But actually, hence the on-demand you don't always need a project manager full-time. So from a cost-effective way, that's really good. And I think that could be said the same for account managers. 
working in that way. And it's definitely the same for, say, a designer, because they may create a design, it's then delivered, and then the client has to review it for five days. So they've got five days free if they're not, you know, within an agency. So they'll work on different things. So I think definitely flexibility. I think what a lot of this has done as well has made people realise that, you know, I know a lot of parents now that are like, oh, I travelled all that time every day and I didn't see my kids and I didn't eat dinner with my wife or, you know, with my husband, whatever it may be. So I think there's a lot more flexibility and wanting of not just full-on work, 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 you know. So I think I think that's that's a really positive thing. I agree with you. Just as you were saying that, it, it struck me that when I was working full time, like I've been in the industry since the early 90s. I know you're a bit younger than me. I don't know if you've been, but anyway, I wouldn't say, but lots of years. But I remember watching, because I don't have kids, but I used to see some of my peers and my friends leaving the industry because they had children and not being able to get back into the industry because it just wasn't acceptable to work part-time from home at all and no flexibility and I I used to think how sad that was because really experienced very very good people were leaving the industry in droves just because they'd hit that moment in time where they were going to have a family so I think that's a real positive. I've got a lot of obviously I set the business up because I had a child so I was working in London in an ad agency and I couldn't go back so it's exactly that and then Today, I've got a lot of mums who don't want to work full time because they're, you know, looking after the house. They've got the school run. Some of them have got, I've got some dads as well. So I've got people who are really quite entrepreneurial. So they're setting up their own businesses and they need two or three days a week to do that. Yet they'll kind of say, well, I need a bit of a plug in. So then I'll say, okay, well, I've got this on demand one and you could do that three days over the course of the week, still give you the time and flexibility to set up your business or wow. to only work part-time but earn a reasonable rate because a lot of those people like you're saying they've got all of that experience yet they don't want to go into an office every day for full hours it's just the whole thing's changing and I and I love it and I it's right I think so too and I'm quite excited by the prospect because funnily enough like at the end of last year I was setting my whole business up to run remotely because I have a vision for me working three months of the year somewhere else but there was always that doubt in the back of my mind that people were going to accept doing training remotely. You know, I know I've been using Zoom for years and I've seen that you have that real intimacy with what I do and the coaching and stuff. But there's always that thing about, do you actually need someone in the room training everybody, you know, physically? So I had that doubt. But this pandemic has just proved, as you said, we've just accelerated forward 10 years. So it can be done and it has been done I think a lot of um one of the people on this panel yesterday was talking they own the co-working space in Brighton and I know a lot of the agencies that we work with have let go of their offices and they're they're using some of the co-working spaces because they can either just have a smaller space in there or they can you know meet in there for meetings and meet their clients in there when the co-working space is so good these days so yeah I just see the whole landscape's changed and it's, it's exciting I think It is the flexibility. And as you said earlier on about the overhead, you know, if you were investing in an office building, that now in the future doesn't have to be the case. You know, you can actually reduce your overhead. So I know it's been tough uh, and it is still tough, but there are a lot of upsides. There's a massive key about, you know, getting everybody together, being face to face, you know, working as a team. There's nothing that can replace that, I don't think. 
Yeah, people have missed that, haven't they? We've all done in certain ways. I know that a lot of agencies that are listening to this have, you know, micro businesses. They're very small businesses, as I said before, about looking to scale. At what point in the agency's growth do you think it's essential to have a project manager? Again, I was thinking about this question. It depends on the makeup of the agency and it also also depends on the type of of the projects. Social agencies, the guys that run those projects, they self-run and self-manage. So you might not necessarily even need a project manager. But for me, in a sort of a smaller agency, anywhere between six to eight people, that might be the pull point to start having a project manager in because you think, you know, there could be five projects ongoing in an agency at that point of about 30k each, say, for example. And that's quite a lot for the team to run. And if that person's also doing the design or doing the operations in the business. So it just gets to that stretch point where the other guys are over capacity and they need that help. They need that assistance. I can imagine once you get a good project manager in place, it really makes a difference to everything, doesn't it? Yeah. And and actually, that's where your services step in, really, isn't it? Because if you are on that growth point, and as you said before, most agencies run by project by project basis, the agency of record is kind of diminishing more and more. So you do have the ability to have someone on an interim basis to see how things go, what a difference it makes to everybody else so that they can focus on what they do well and then take it from there. So, Yeah, I mean, 10 years ago, I worked for a really cool agency, the Augmented Reality um, Agency, and I didn't know anything about Augmented Reality 10, 11 years ago. And um, so they needed help. So I went in to start working on the projects and then naturally that was well, you haven't got a document for this. We need, we can't run this without having that. And then that came to, what well, we need to record this. We need a process for this. We need a, we need a system for this. So I worked with them about three days a week over the course of the week and started running the projects, implementing the process. And then it was very obvious that they really liked having a project manager. So then I did a job ad for them, interviewed the first tranche of project managers for them, then said, this one is a good one, you know, you meet them now. And then the project manager started and then I handed over and I rolled myself out. And then if they were over capacity, I'd go in and run the odd project here or there. But yeah, so it's a nice way of doing it because if you haven't taken on a project manager before, you might not understand exactly what that role is and how it's going to benefit you. But if you can try it out and if, you know, that's the best way and then there's no risk to the business as such. Fantastic. Honestly, I just think that's an absolute no-brainer. Can you think of anything that we haven't covered, Nadine, that would be useful for anyone to know, like any tips or advice to help agencies run their projects more smoothly? For, for any of those smaller agencies, you know, I'm happy to have a chat with anybody anyway, um, but for any of those smaller agencies who may not be doing documentation as they should be, to cover them, then that is something really to consider. So the statement of work, what is the project? Why are we doing it? Who are the stakeholders? What's the cost? What are the risks? Progress reporting, I always bang on about that. I think it's really important. You know, what did we do last week? What are we doing this week? What are any blockers? What are any risks? I worked in an agency once and the client was a lawyer, law firm, who we were building a new website for them. And I, the chap in the law firm was a bit of a junior and I could see that he was struggling and I kept saying to him, you know, 
I, I think we need to take this higher, I think we need to help. And then in the end, it looked like everything had fallen down. And of course, it was my fault, wasn't it, as the project manager. So I, um, the account manager came knocking on the door. So <laughs> I, said, I said, no. And they said, well, you know, what, what's going on with this project? So I zipped up 20 weeks worth or 16 weeks worth of progress reports and said, this is what's going on. So that's why I'm an advocate for that and just fully, you know, need that time sheeting some agencies don't do it these days i advocate that you should how do you know whether you're hitting the budget that you've put to it how do you know how big your margin is you know where did you go wrong in that costing and what could you do better next time because the main key is you want to make a margin to make a profit to be able to go on some nice holidays so so there's all of that so we've also got a whole set of documentation so all of those documents we've got risk logs and all of those kind of things that for small agencies it's not a system you know so it's not your great big monday.com but it's it's a word template or it's an excel spreadsheet so if anybody wanted any of those then i'm more than happy to to send those over brilliant i think that's a fantastic offer and i can imagine that's lots of agencies listening thinking oh yeah we really need that so even if they if they have one you know you could just take the statement of work and compare one to the other and kind of going i've got that paragraph in there actually i could put that in there because that's really important so yes the wording on some of this is really useful isn't it so let's compare what we've got and see if we've ticked all the boxes brilliant nadine well thank you so much where can people get hold of you how can people contact you and and who are the best people to contact you so people reach me on my email which is nadine at projectmanagementod.co.uk and the website is projectmanagementod.co.uk i'm on linkedin obviously as nadine schofield the people who should contact we work with well yesterday I met with a chief technical officer because he needed a program manager so you know he got in contact with me business owners head of project management head of PMO project managers in 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 general I'm always looking for really good project managers so I'm I'm really keen if anybody wants to come on board or if their circumstances change where they don't want to work full-time and they're going to work on demand then I'm I'm always looking for good people as well so the other end of it as well absolutely and that includes project coordinators as well Great. Okay. Well, we'll put all of those links in the show notes so that people can get hold of you quite quickly and easier. Honestly, Nadine, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for sharing so many tips and advice for other agencies. And it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Nadine. Quick reminder that my next Account Accelerator program starts on the 15th of April 2021. This is a three-month coaching program where you work with me every week and I take you through step-by-step a program where you're going to get the skills you need to add more value to your clients, increase your confidence and expand your account. It's ideal for ambitious agency account managers who really want to accelerate their careers. So you can find testimonials on my LinkedIn profile. For those who have gone through the program, it's Jenny Plant. And if you'd like more details, then send me an email. It's jenny at accountmanagementskills.com. Until the next episode, see you soon.